Images of aging have in fact gotten worse over the last couple of centuries. It's illegal to discriminate against someone because of their age, and that's been 50 years since that Older Americans Act was put into place, but it still happens, doesn't it? Welcome to the MindRamp Podcast, where we discuss various aspects of qual longevity, your quest to live long and live well. I'm Roger Anjanson, and I'll be joined by my brain partner, Michael C. Patterson. In this episode, we're continuing our discussion of ageism, and we'll focus on a paradox, the paradox about attitudes toward aging. Now, you'd expect that these attitudes would become more positive over time, but the evidence suggests just the opposite. We're going to rely on a longer recording that Michael made when he examined and explained Becca Levy's exploration of this ageist paradox. Becca Levy has a 2017 article that was published in the Gerontologist, which is the publication of the Gerontological Society of America. And the article is called Age Stereotype Paradox, Opportunity for Social Change. And it raises some interesting questions. Yeah, Michael, Becca Levy's work at Yale raises so many interesting questions. Let's build a foundation, some basics. Levy's basic idea is that current trends should indicate that age stereotypes are becoming more positive. But the evidence suggests the opposite. Age stereotyping has become more negative in recent times. So the question, obviously, is why is that happening? Ah, the why questions. Once we know something is happening, the evidence that we're going to look at shows that it is happening. The only way we can really design something that's going to solve a problem or change something is understanding the why. So let's get into the why. Levy points to four trends that should indicate that age stereotypes should be leaning towards more positive images of aging. The first trend is that Uh, the aging population is growing. The larger percentages of the population are older, meaning there is more opportunity for younger people to have meaningful contact with older people and to realize that negative stereotypes are not necessarily true. The second trend is that the general health of older adults has improved a trend which should mitigate against negative images of aging as being inevitably associated with disease and debility. In other words, there are more examples of healthy older adults, so there are more positive exemplars which should lead to more positive images of aging. The third trend cited by Levy is the passage of legislation that promotes positive images of aging, In fact, there's been passage of legislation outlawing age discrimination in the workplace. That's at least 50 years old now. And finally, Levy points out that other stigmatized groups have made great progress in countering negative stereotypes, prejudice, and discrimination. In spite of these positive trends, evidence suggests that images of aging have in fact gotten worse over the last couple of centuries. Wow, Michael, and when I saw that it was actually getting worse, I wanted to really look at the evidence, see 
What's that based on? It just doesn't seem logical. Right. Well, Levy relies on uh, two independent groups of researchers using recently developed methods based on computerized searches of digitized verbal documents. They have found that age stereotypes have increased in negativity across 200 years. One study used the Corpus of Historical American English, which is a database of over 400 million words that draws from books, magazines, newspapers, academic journals, all of them published between 1810 and 2009. And this study analyzed words that frequently appeared with the word elderly. And the study, as I understand it, figured out when the associated words appeared in print and then determined whether they were negative or positive about aging. The conclusion was that positive associations were more common in the first 80 years that the study was conducted, that is like 1810 to 1890, and then they became increasingly negative from, well, 1891 on till 2009. Nicely laid out. What's the other study show? The second study relied on the, and I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this, the Google Books Engram Viewer, it's capital N-G-R-A-M, Engram Viewer. In any case, it's a content analysis tool that determines the frequency of words drawn from over 5 million digitized books published in English between 1800 and 2000. Yeah, Michael, that's one of the most interesting devices. About 2010, Google decided to debut that Ngram, and it's used, it's got some flaws in it. It might be misused, but boy, what a powerful set of numbers and data that people can actually look back and see what people were saying and what people were writing and how words have changed over time. Yeah. Well, using this Ngram tool... The authors traced the usage of terms and adjectives describing the old and concluded that there was a shift from more positive to less positive terms over time. The word geezer, for example, first appeared in 1900. Then over the course of the next 100 years, the incidence of its use became 11 times more common. Michael, I really like that you focused on geezer. A couple of reasons that uh, Prince William... Uh, famously started using the word geezer to describe himself. And locally in Portland, Oregon, we have a, a nationally recognized geezer gallery. Uh, when Amy Henderson came up with that idea a decade ago, she decided to focus on the power and really the potential of older artists who were being ignored in the popular galleries. And her geezer gallery, the name itself, was used to provoke people into wondering how could we ever have a gallery that could be popular named Geezer Gallery, and she did it. Yeah, and by taking the term and making it her own, she's trying to neutralize the negative impact. So the interesting question that Levy asks is why, in spite of these positive trends, has the image of aging actually deteriorated over the last couple of centuries. And she examined this by looking at each of those four trends. That's an excellent framework. Uh, Michael, let's break down, uh, give an example of one of those trends. 
So, for example, more and more of us are aging and living longer. So we are becoming a greater per- percentage of the population. Why hasn't that growth in the the cohort of older people translated into better images of aging? One of the answers that Becca Levy provides is that there is greater age segregation these days. More older people are living in senior living communities or in in institutions if they get sick. I even visited a 55-plus apartment building the other day. It was a great apartment building, but um, it segregates older people from younger people, so there's not as much contact. Second trend is we are leading healthier lives. We are expanding our health span. So why hasn't that translated into more positive images of aging? Those are two really good examples, and I'm wondering if it may be that there's not the same intergenerational contact. Uh, There are more people that are healthier, there are more people that are living longer, but if the younger brain, the younger person doesn't have that contact with one of those healthy, aging, older persons, they then don't have that image, a positive image that Levy points out needs to be established and maybe as early as possible. Another area that Levy goes into is the the workforce, the ability of people to have images of co-workers who are older. Of course, it's illegal to discriminate against someone because of their age, and that's been 50 years since that Older Americans Act was put into place, but it still happens, doesn't it? Yes, it does. In spite of legislation banning age discrimination in the workplace, age discrimination continues, and it's almost an accepted practice. People don't even recognize it as something that is not only immoral, but is illegal as well. Boy, really important points, Michael. And even if we look for something else to say besides immoral and illegal, how about the bottom line? How about a positive one there? More and more of the companies that really are looking for innovations and creativity understand that an intergenerational workforce where you have people with different stages of their brain life, uh, they have the ability to work as a team and come up with better solutions. And finally, why has there been progress in countering negative stereotypes about other stigmatized groups but not about the aging population? That, Michael, is a very important question and one that we really could pose to the students in our gerontology classes as a final paper. Yep, we've got some work to do. Well, the core problem, I think, is grounded in our expanded longevity. Over the course of just a few generations, our life expectancy has nearly doubled. And we haven't figured out how to adjust to advanced age, either as individuals or as a society. If you want to learn more about how MindRamp uses brain and mind sciences to enhance your ability to live long and live well, visit our website at www.mindramp.org, M-I-N-D-R-A-M-P.org. And if you want some guidance and support developing your own plan for successful aging, sign up for a free consultation. We'll work with you to develop your own Qualongevity Action Plan. 
You'll find a link right there on our homepage.